We're getting closer and closer to Halloween and Sam Darnold seeing ghosts, but not me and Mike Randall. We are ready to go. It's trick-or-treat time on the pre-snap, and it starts right now. You're listening to the pre-snap podcast weekly wagering show brought to you by LineStar, the top-rated DFS tool set and number one companion for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Go LineStar Premium now at LineStarApp.com. Now here are your hosts, Joe Pizzapia and Mike Randall. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizzapia, and welcome to the pre-snap right here on the LineStar app. It's me, and it's Mike Randall, and it's you, and we are breaking down week eight. I can't believe it. I told Meanie yesterday, I can't believe we are week eight already, and we are here to make our NFL picks, sports wagering, betting. We got you here. Mike Randall, season's almost halfway over I, I don't know. It, it always feels like time flies, and and I, I'm, we're here. It's week eight. I can't believe we're here already. Time flies when you're with Joey P. Let me tell you, this That's has been right, a, a very fast <laughs> season, and this week is frisky. I'm going to call this, Joe, Frisky Week 8 is what it's going to be because there's a lot of underdogs that are biting. I got to tell you, this is going to be an exciting one. I believe it. And we haven't had that. Like The last couple of weeks have been kind of dull. We've been very careful what we picked. And by the way, another upset special this past week in week seven, Mike Randall carried us. I was wrong about the Oakland Raiders uh, showing up because you never know when they're going to. I thought they would, but no, Aaron Rodgers just kind of uh, destroyed that notion. So what are you going to do? But Mike Randall did carry us with those Ravens. So great call by him. And uh, we continue to you know, be at least minimum 50% here with the upset specials, which is fantastic. But I agree with you, Mike. I think there's all... This is a very wide open board this week, much better than I think the last two weeks have been. Totally agree. There's some weird matchups here, some line movement that we'll get to in a little bit. Just things you got to be aware of for week eight. All right. So let's get after it. I mean, what are we waiting for? Let's do it. And let's start with the Arizona Cardinals at the Saints. Now, the Saints are favored by 10 and a half in this one. Look, I understand Drew Brees was limited and he was playing and all that stuff. This would be so stupid to throw him out there for this game. You got to buy coming up. And the same thing with Kamara. Even if Kamara is good enough to be active, I just I'm not fearful that or, or that you know they should. Uh, I am fearful if they play them, something bad could happen. So I kind of shy away from that if I'm the New Orleans Saints. But I don't care anyway. Even if it is Bridgewater, even if it's Latavius Murray, it's enough to beat the Cardinals in this building. So for me, I feel really good about this ten and a half. This is one of the few big lines where I actually am like, all right, yeah, I think this one's a blowout, and I just don't think Arizona can match up with them on on any side of the ball at all i'm done going against teddy two gloves totally done with that <laughs> he's five and oh this year i think in his career joe he's 20 and 10 something or 20 and 7 i think against the spread in his career their home you know i was worried last week about latavius murray i was a big latavius murray guy and they haven't even given him the ball but he certainly pounded it the second half Michael Thomas is unstoppable. I know Patrick Peterson is going to be there, but he's basically Teflon. No one can stop him. I'm with you. I'm going to give the points here with the Saints. I'm done betting against Saints. Their run defense is outstanding. I think Arizona is going to spread them out. We can see what they're going to do. Is Christian Kirk going to be back? That would help, but I'm done. I've gone against the Saints way too much. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm giving it. Totally agree. All right, now the number's 47 and a half. This gets a little hinky because – I don't know how much Arizona can contribute to this. So even if I think it's going to be a 27-point day minimum for the Saints, then the other team's got to do their part. I don't know if they can. I'm going to shy away from this. Gun to my head, I will take the under because I just think this is a really long day for the Cardinals personally. 
Yeah, it's a shy away. The money's about even here, about 50-50 on the over-under. It started at 47 and a half. Now it's 48-ish, somewhere around there. Some books, I'm a shying away. I, it's one that I, I can't read. Could it, could it be a defense, a Saints dominating and really pressuring Kyler Murray all over the place? Possibly. Could Chase Edmonds get free on the carpet? Possibly. I, no interest here. I'm going to shy away. There's better bets this week. All right, uh, let's move on to uh, another one, which seems pretty easy on paper. It's the Rams 13 at home favorites against the Bengals, and the Bengals are awful. And last week's 10 carries for two yards for Joe Mixon, it just sticks in my craw. Like, I, I can't wrap my mind around how bad they are right now. And they're going to give the Dolphins a run for their money here with the Zoe 16. They really are. I don't see how they win this game. I always worry about Andy Dalton in garbage time. And I also worry about the Rams a little bit because the Rams, I think, are still a team that is a little soft. And soft teams always concern me because they let other teams kind of creep back into games sometimes. So I feel okay about this 13. I don't feel great about it. I'm curious what your take is on this number. All in on the Rams. It's over in the okay. pond, and weird things happen. But the Bengals, well, that's even more to the point too. <laughs> like, it, it is, but the the Bengals are so bad, Joe, against the run. I mean, just have been completely destroyed against the run, and they're not going to get pressure on Jared Goff. So when you don't get pressure on Goff, he can do some things. You saw against Atlanta. That's a road game against Atlanta team that we thought was desperate. By the way, he was able to sort of get back on track. I think it's a big day for Goff. Gurley will probably get some red zone touches. I don't know if he's going to have 150 yards. Maybe Daryl Henderson will jump in and do some things. I can't take the Bengals. You have Jalen Ramsey, who's probably going to be on Auden Tate, so eliminate him. So how many weapons do the Bengals have? Do they even have any weapons in this game? Can't see it. I, I know it's a lot. I agree with you, and things happen. Mercedes Lewis, three-touchdown game we've talked about. Who knows? Could be Tyler Higby. I have no idea, but I'll take the Rams. I'll give the points. Yeah, I look, it, it, I'm a little afraid of this one. I'm not as confident as Mike, but – uh, you know, it's just, I mean, I want, we can feel like we've done this so many times and said it on yesterday's show too with Chris, where we say, okay, well, this is a no brainer game at Todd Gurley breaks out, but we've done that before and it hasn't happened. So now I have like, I have rug burn from it. Like, I'm You know what? Like, you know, this is what I'll say. I, I believe in regression, right? And I believe that Wade Phillips is a really good defensive coordinator. He always has been. This defense has been underperforming all year. And then Jalen Ramsey comes in. That means you can blitz more. That means he can take more chances. So I guess my pick is based on the belief in the Rams defense that they will be able to cause havoc for the Bengals. Absolutely. And a shutdown corner like Ramsey certainly gives that front line a lot more license to do more things. So let's let, we can all agree on that. The number for this one's 48 and a half. So I'm guessing, I'm guessing you like the over here, right? I do. I, the, uh, you know, I believe in trends and the, the over has been hitting on the games in London. Usually it's, it's a slop fest, but it's been good. It's been hot lately. So I'm going to go over the Rams are absolutely going to score. You know, there's the uh, Bengals are going to play fast that they certainly want to have a fast pace. One of the fastest paced teams in the, in the league this year. So they're going to push it no matter what, which means a lot of more, a lot more possessions and a lot more chances. So I'll take the over. All right. This next one I've got feelings about it's the Indianapolis Colts at home against the Broncos. And I think this is a trap. Because I do think the Colts are going to win, but the Colts are one of these teams that just does not have a lot of room for error. They don't tend to blow out teams necessarily. It's not really their MO. And I know Denver just traded away Manny Sanders. I really don't care about that. Denver's going to do what Denver does, which is run the football and occasionally take some shots. They were Cortland Sutton. They're not making any quarterback change anytime soon. So that's not going to impact this game, no matter how good or bad Joe Flacco plays. So I like the Colts to win this game. But I'll take the Broncos side of this one with the plus four and a half. I think that's a lot more than the field goal. I think that's a lot right there. How do you feel about this one? 
I'm with you to the fact that I think Denver's going to keep it close. Vic Fangio's done an excellent job. I don't think he's allowed a quarterback to have a QB1 performance this year. So I'm buying the defense, but I'm buying the Colts defense as well. It's still Joe Flacco. I like Deshaun Hamilton. I think he can do some things. So I think the loss of Sanders can be nullified. I agree with you, and and it's kind of like, to to preview, I like the under for that reason, but I'm going to give the five and a half. I I believe in Frank Reich. It is a trap game. Brissett was the offensive player of the week last week. There's enough there. The one thing that concerns me is Marlon Mack. I I don't know if there's guys for you, Joe, that you can't figure out. I can't figure out Marlon Mack. It's tough. It's tough. And Brissett, like, the way he spreads the ball around, it's Pascal, it's Ebron, it's this guy, and he's doing a good job of playing quarterback but it does make it a little difficult to feel confident in a team saying, okay, they're going to do this and they're going to blow this team away with this because they don't really have that thing. They don't even T.Y. Hilton's a nice player at this point in his career. He's not Michael Thomas. You know what I mean? Right. And last week, you know, the book on Mac is when the Colts are winning or it's a close game, he'll be great. When we knew against the Texans, it would be close at least. And they ended up winning and he still wasn't good. So I think they try to establish the run. I think they feed Mac. I believe in the Colts offensive line. I agree. It's a little frisky. And when the numbers between three and five, it means Vegas is a little unsure what's going to go on there when it's like four five or six. I will take the Colts though and give the points, but I do like the under for sure. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I'm with you on the under too. I'm definitely there. I think there's a lot of run the football in this game. And um, I, I just don't think these are explosive quote unquote offenses enough to really get excited about the, the over, but I'll tell you, I, I'm sticking with those Broncos. I just, you know, and it, and it's believe me, I'm Mr. Colt. I'm the guy all year, Colts, Colts, Colts. But I could see I just it. Think I this could. Is a big yeah. number with this one. You know, like the, I just feel like Denver's going to show up. They're going to play defense. They're going to run the football, and that's going to kind of drag the Colts down to their level a little bit. But the Colts will find a way to win this game because that's typically what they do. Uh, Chargers at Bears. All right, so I've been the Chargers whisperer all year. I think we can all. Agree on that, right, Mike? I think we can all turn our keys on that one. I'm the charger. You, you are you are the man behind the curtain. You are the charger <laughs> soothsayer. I bow to you, Joe. Oh, so here you go. Ready, boys and girls? Get ready for this one. Give me the chargers in this one. Oh okay, my goodness. You ready? I know. Shocking, I know, but this is exactly why that, that reaction from Mike. Because I understand you look at this and you go, Oh, that charger line is terrible, and they are. They are all hurt. It's it's not a good scene. But the Bears' inability on offense is so bad. And the Chargers have enough playmakers here where we've seen not one but two running backs back-to-back weeks have really good games against that Bears front. That's Josh Jacobs going back to London. That's Latavius Murray last week. Where between Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler, let's not forget about Eckler making plays, that they can do a little two-headed monster here, and I think they can give the Bears fits. And if they're going to have Trubisky throw the ball 50 times, they keep talking about, oh, yeah, we know we have to run the football, but they're not doing it. So I don't care. And I feel like at the end of the day, the Chargers do have guys like Mike Williams, like Keenan Allen, like Eckler, like Gordon, who can make a play and change the dynamic of this game. And I think that they will. And the Bears just don't. The Bears don't have that. And the quarterback play is so subpar. I don't feel good about it. And I know this is in Chicago and this is going to be a shocking one, but I'm taking the Chargers in the three and a half. And speechless I, Mike Randall, ladies and gentlemen, I, I'm speechless, away, speechless Mike Randall, because I'm trying to figure out if what I'm about to say is helping you or hurting you. <laughs> I agree with you. Oh, I know. Listen, the Chargers have lost three in a row. 
Yeah, they're that's two, another they're, point too. Must win here for them. And here's the thing: they're better on the road. Remember that game at Kansas City last year? They play well on the road. They compete. They should have won the game against Tennessee. Melvin Gordon, great job with the holdout, by the way. Really got your value back. But they play well. Rivers is a competitor. Right now, if you're the Chargers, you're not thinking this. I'm not thinking this. They're saying, wait a minute, if Kansas City loses to Green Bay and we win this game, we're two games out of first place. That's what they're saying right now. So they're going to show up. I don't trust the Bears. He lost faith in David Montgomery last week, and Nagy did, which was a mistake when he fumbled in the second half. But this was a – I heard this on your podcast that you you did with Chris – it was a, a franchise low rushing attempts for the Bears. They're a disaster. You know Hayward could guard Robinson a little bit. I'm with you. I like the Chargers. I think they're live, and I think they can pull the upset here. Absolutely. And without Akeem Hicks, that's a different defense. And I also heard that you like Eckler. I love Eckler in this game too. So I'm with you, Joe. Does my stink? Is it going to ruin your mojo for the Chargers? I don't know. <laughs> I, I hope not. That's all I know. I hope not. The number for this one is 40 and a half. Uh, I kind of like the over. I feel like they're underselling this a little bit. I really do. I just, I, just, you know, I, it's, that's a low number for this game. And, and this Bears defense is good. We, no doubt. They have the personnel, but they have not been as dominant as they were last year. Let's be honest. They just have not. And I know this isn't home. I understand all this, but the Chargers have no home field advantage. So for them, like a road game, I feel like is actually a better spot for them. I'm going to go with the Sharps here. Right now, you end up having 53% of the money on the over, but only 24, uh, 53% of the bets on the over, but only 24% of the money. So the big money is coming in on the under. Uh, I'm going to take the under in this one. I think it's a low scoring defensive struggle here, but I'm with you. I think the Chargers pull it out. Want to say, I don't know, 17, 14, something like that. Uh, I like it. All right, uh, let's move on to the next one here. Uh, Detroit Lions at home against the Giants. The Lions favored by six and a half in this one. This one I feel good about. Comfortable, six and a half, absolutely. Between Jones and Galladay, they are going to run muck on these guys. I don't care if Carryon Johnson's out. Carryon Johnson wasn't exactly lighting the world on fire anyway. Can we all just agree on that? And, and let's not overreact to that loss there. This means a big day for Matthew Stafford, though, and you're going to throw the ball a ton. So we talked about that on yesterday's pre-snap for the DFS show. I like the Lions here by a touchdown. I think this is easy. If this was seven and a half, maybe a little bit more, but six and a half, gimme, gimme all day long. I'm good with this. I agree with you. The Lions offense has been way too efficient recently. And even though we get on Bevel saying he's run first, he realizes what he has. I don't think he's going to give Ty Johnson as many carries as Gary on Johnson. Stafford's been great. Look for a big bounce back from Kenny Galladay. It's the Giants defense. Barkley will do some things and they'll compete. But Daniel Jones has been a train wreck. They're going to get after him, get a little bit of pressure at home here. So I agree. Lions actually are pretty good. We talked about this. I didn't like them early in the season, but they've competed well. They're better than the record says they are. I agree. Give the points. Yeah, look, it's the Giants defense is awful. And and on more to the point, too, the defense of the Lions is is good. I think that's a good defensive team. I think they play tough. I say it every week. They play hard. They're going to play hard in that building. And and I think they I think last week was a little bit of a hangover for them from that Packer game. And I think they've they've shrugged that off a little bit now. So and you're not, going forward, you're not buying it. You're not buying it a Golden Tate revenge game, huh? <laughs> No, I'm not buying the Golden Gate Revenge game. I'm just not. And you know what I am buying also? The Daniel Jones turning the ball over because that's happening way too much, and that's going to happen in this game again. And when it does, that's, to me, what makes this game the easy one because, you know, when you give up opportunities to score and you hand it over to Matt Stafford with those receivers, I think that's going to be a problem. So uh, give me – I can even see Hawkinson getting involved in this one. I really can't. Giants struggle against the tight end. The number's 49 and a half. Where are you at with that one, Mike? 
Oh, same thing. I end up having uh, 77%, uh, 77% of the bets are on the over, but only 27% of the money. I'm going to end up going under a little bit. I think the Giants are going to struggle. I will take uh, the Lions being efficient. Maybe the, maybe the Giants get in you know, once early on, but I, I think it's going to be a turnover machine. And then once the Lions get ahead, they will pound the ball a little bit to try to keep the number under. So I'll lean under in this one. This next one's wide open, Mike. This is the Jets at Jaguars. So Sam Darnold, obviously, uh, to say he struggled mightily would be an understatement there. And um, now he is, had to move on and play the Jacksonville Jaguars on the road, which just doesn't get much easier. Jacksonville's still a pretty darn good defensive team. They certainly can get after the quarterback. And the way that offensive line played for the Jets, you know, they don't. Jacksonville doesn't scheme the way the New England Patriots scheme, but at the same time, they're going to do enough to get some pressure there. And this concerns me. Now, does it concern you enough? where the Jacksonville Jaguars are favored by six. So you think this number is in danger? Or do you think this is a comfortable, you know, six point, you know, given the touchdown uh, kind of scenario here for Minshew and the Jags? Give me the points. This whole uh-huh. Sam Darnold situation has been blown out of proportion. If we miked every quarterback that ended up facing the Patriots, do you not think that we would have heard more comments like that? I love the knee, <laughs> I love the knee jerk the reaction. He looked great coming back from mono, throws over 300 yards against the Cowboys, who have a pretty good defense, not the level of the Patriots, but no one has that. So he had a bad game. So he got schemed by Belichick. So what? I think it's a complete overreaction. I think you're getting a couple extra points of juice here because people are thinking Darnold's terrible. The knee jerk from the week before has done well for me this year fading the public, fading the reaction. Do I think the Jets are going to win? Maybe, but I'll take the six and a half. I, I think they keep it close, and they do have a good run, good run defense, Joe. So Fournette's going to struggle on the ground a little bit. Maybe Chark hits one. Westbrook's injured. I mean, Gardner Minshew is the magic coming off. I think the Jets keep it close. I really do. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I really do. I think there's going to be an overreaction because I don't. I think there's something in the middle where Sam Darnold might not be as useful as he was against the Cowboys two weeks ago but he's not as bad as he was last week against the Pats. So I think you kind of take that with a grain of salt. And uh, I think the six is a, is a good enough number where you can get involved in this and feel good about it. The number's 40 and a half though, for the total that one, I'm, I run away from this because I don't have a beat on what this game's going to be. I really don't, but I do feel good that it being close. So that's why I like the six more than I like the 40 and a half. How about you? Zero interest in this line. I just want the six. All right, good. We're all in agreement there, boys and girls. So avoid that. Like the plague. Eagles at Bills. Oh, I know you got thoughts and feelings about this one. So I'm going to turn this one over to you. Go ahead. You take the you take the uh, the the shell and you talk about this one because I know you have some thoughts and feelings. Do we learn what happens in the past? Do we learn what has happened with the lines in Vegas and the past? The Eagles look great. They're flying high. Dallas lose to the Jets. The line comes out last week, Joe. What does it say? Dallas minus three everyone's pounding it. Peterson makes the guarantee. Oh, they're going to kill him. Cowboys are terrible. All of a sudden, the Cowboys are running wild up and down the field. So in this game, you have a Bills team, dominant, playing very well, 5-1, and one, right? Here come the Eagles limping in, terrible game against Dallas. They don't look good. Then explain to me why the line when it came out, when it initially came out, was a pick. And now I think what do you have it at one and a half about what Buffalo by minus, minus one and a half, I think. Yeah. Well, I think it's two and a half right now on FanDuel. Two and a half. Fantastic. Give me the <laughs> Eagles. Give me the points. 
you have you're betting on Josh Allen. Am I wrong? Josh Allen has seven touchdowns and seven interceptions. It's not like he's been Jacoby Brissett this year. I think the Eagles will be able to run the ball. I think Peterson does a fantastic job. I think they're going to keep this game very close. I expect the Eagles to win this game outright. The Bills have done a nice job, but who have they beaten exactly? Can you can you think about the teams that they have beaten? Because well, they no, really- they played. They, they took a moral victory out of the Patriots, but other than that, no, they've uh, and, and look, they came out a little flat last week. I think they were overlooking Miami, and uh, you know they eventually got everything together. But you're right. I mean, the one thing is the if you are the the Bills, you want to run the football, and the one thing that the Eagles Can't really do good it. at. Stuff, yep. And you're going to force Josh Allen to throw the ball and make plays in the air. And I'm not 100% sold. He can do enough of those to win this football game. So I'm in agreement with you here. I think this is another one of those games where it's a giant trap. It's a huge trap there where people are just going all the way over to the Buffalo side. Pedigree game, Jets, Giants, Bengals, Dolphins, and the Titans as their best win. Listen, this is nothing against Buffalo. I think they've done a great job. I just think the Eagles have that championship mentality, and you nailed it on the head. They're going to stuff the run, and let's see what Josh Allen can do. All right, 43 and a half. I don't have a good feel for this one. So I'm with you on the Eagles and the two and a half, but the 43 and a half, I can't get behind. There's better over under lines here, but I love the Eagles in this game. All right, next one. Seahawks are favored by a touchdown on the road against the Falcons, who look like they've basically kind of, you know, just packed up and that's it. Now, look, Freeman will play in this one instead of getting thrown out like he did last week. The the loss of Sanu is not a loss where, oh my God, the sky's falling. All it matters is whether or not Matt Ryan's healthy. And right now, it's still trending as we're recording this that he is going to play. The question is, the weakness in the ankle is always a concern. The question is, what if he comes out of this game? What happens to this line? I think it gets obliterated. So I don't have a lot of confidence in this one. This one looks easy on paper, but I don't know, man. There's there's something right now where I just don't feel easy about it, and I feel like I should, and I don't. You don't feel good about it because the bets are coming in on Seattle now, heavy across the board, and the line is staying where it is. I am going to stick to my guns. The Atlanta defense is horrific. I also think, Joe, that Dan Quinn can be fired. They have a week nine bye coming up. So I think this is really his make or break game. If they lose this game and they are embarrassed at home, He's not keeping Dan Quinn. If Matt Ryan plays, how effective will he be? It's Matt Schaub enough. I agree. If you look at the number and the money, it's a frisky line. I'm still going to go with Russell Wilson. I'm still going to go with Seattle. They did lose last week, so it's not like they're going to come in and be a little too confident. They're going to need this game. I'm going to give the points. I hate doing it, but Atlanta's been horrific. I'm going to give the points. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm all right. I just I don't love it. <laughs> I wish I did. I feel like I should love it, and I guess that's my concern here. So fifty three is the number there. This I actually feel better about the fifty three than I do the seven. I agree <laughs> with you. Yeah, I'm going to go yeah, over. I agree with you. Totally I'm betting right. the I'm taking the over here because hopefully Ryan's healthy enough, and this is one of these games that you know is a thirty one thirty three kind of a contest. It just feels like that's the way this is going, and the Seahawks are becoming a bit of an enigma too. You know, they 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 have not been good at home. I feel like this whole 12th man thing is, is really overrated at this point. They look bad week one against the Bengals at home. They've lost two other games at home to the Saints and to the Ravens. But, man, I, I don't know, man. I I do not feel like Seattle lock at home is a thing anymore. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Titans. Now, the Titans are favored by two and a half. Bucks are coming off a bye. The one thing that the Bucs do 
is they are really good against the run. I mean, go look at those two games against McCaffrey where they shut him down and they're going to shut Derrick Henry down, which means it's going to be Ryan Tannehill having to beat you. And I don't know about this one. I don't know about it. If you're looking for an upset, I think this is definitely on your board. So am I right in thinking this is one of the ones you got your eye on? Yeah, it's it, that Bucks pass defense has been so terrible. And the Titans do generate pressure, which of course is bad with Jameis Winston. I can see it. I'm going to take Tennessee and I'm going to give the points because I think Ryan Tannehill has made a difference. He's mobile. He scrambles. A.J. Brown can make some things downfield. John o. Smith, by the way, will be fine if Delaney Walker doesn't play. I'm going to bank on the fact that the Titans can generate enough pressure to disrupt Winston. That's what I think is the safest group. I don't trust him on offense. And the Bucks' pass defense has been so horrific. I can see the upset. I think it's reasonable. I'm going to go the other way and take Tennessee. I, I, I'm not, for some reason, I'm aligning with Tennessee. And coming off the bye, let's see what they do on the road. But I, I could understand why you go the other way. Yeah, I'm I'm going to, like I said, I just, uh, you know, I know the Bucks are frustrating, but I think the most frustrating thing about them is every time you want to write them off, James Winston puts it together a decent game and you go, oh, God, you know, <laughs> he throws for 300 yards and only two picks instead of seven. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, it's a W. 45 and a half is the number. Where are you at with that one? I'm going to go with Vegas here. The, the line opened at, at 47 and now it's dropped. 95% of the money's on the under and they're still dropping the line. So uh, that means they're, they're begging you to continue to, to, to get in there and get involved. I'm going to end up going with Vegas. I will take the the under here and go with that and figure in a low-scoring game. All right, Carolina Panthers at 49ers. 49ers are five-and-a-half favorites in this one. So what does that tell you from that number? Uh, what it tells me is that they're concerned, and they're, they're very concerned about this game, and they should be. Think of yeah. it this way, Joe. Panthers have an excellent pass defense. They're coming off a bye, and certainly they have a solid group of offensive weapons. Couple notes here that I found. Ron Rivera is 24 and 14 against the spread as a road underdog. Go figure that one. And Kyle Shanahan is two and seven against the spread as a favorite. All right. Panthers have won four straight. They get back that the Pro Bowler guard, Trey Turner. The secondary, the Panthers secondary is third in pass defense DVOA. That's ahead of Buffalo, the vaunted Buffalo Bills secondary. Panthers have the most sacks in the NFL, yet they had their bye. They have a lot of things coming in here. I like the Panthers to win this game. At some point, the Niners are going to struggle. They don't have their two offensive tackles. That's a problem for a team that really emphasizes the run. And no Kyle Yusek at fullback makes a massive difference. Against the Rams, forget the game last week in the slop in Washington. That, of course, is weather issues. Against the Rams, they only totaled on the ground 99 yards at 2.4 yards per carry. So, I think they're going to struggle to run the ball. I think Carolina is going to play well. Kyle Allen, he'll he'll do enough to manage the game. I love the Panthers to win here, and I love the points. At some point, your undefeated teams are going to struggle. And to me, there's enough injuries on that offense that this is going to be the time for that to happen. Yeah, I agree with you. I think this is a very dangerous game for the 49ers uh, because Christian McCaffrey could be a game wrecker. And he's the kind of guy, and as good as that defense has played, and I want to give him all the credit in the world, that 49er defense is for real. It's not a joke. But even great defenses sometimes struggle against players like McCaffrey, and McCaffrey's that good. So I agree with you. Everything you said I agree with. So the number's 42. I don't want to be redundant. Where are you at with that over-under? Uh, I, I think it's going to be a close game. I'm kind of running away on this one because, uh, you know, 20 to 17, 21, 20, somewhere around there. I don't want to be sweating this line. The one I feel the most confident about, Carolina and the points. 
All right, let's move on to the next one here. The New England Patriots at home, 11 and a half against the Cleveland Browns. Just when you thought it was safe to come out of the bye, if you're the Cleveland Browns, you have to go right to New England. So this is not a great day for them. Now, if you are, if you're the Patriots, what you want to do is shut down Nick Chubb and make Baker Mayfield beat you. And Baker Mayfield is throwing 11 picks. Baker Mayfield is throwing 11 picks already, and he is now facing the <laughs> this New England secondary, who all they do is get turnovers. So I I got to say, it's a big number. But I actually feel okay about it. I feel good about it. I really think they are going to, because that ability of the defense to continue to make plays and put the offense in good spots and put the offense and sometimes just score on their own. Forget about like just even putting them in good spots, just score on their own. I think Baker Mayfield is basically going to hand this line to the Patriots. That's my feeling on this one. Yeah, I have no interest in, in backing the Browns here. Give me the Patriots, their defense. Jarvis Landry, thank you for opening your mouth and, and motivating the Patriots, even if they weren't motivated already. No, oh, giving, yeah, yeah. giving the points enough. Baker, enough. Can't I you can't possibly argue. In Cleveland, I might feel different about this one, but not in not not there. Nope. No way. Not in not in uh not in New England. I can't get there. The number's forty five and a half. Uh you know, I guess it comes down to what you think of the Cleveland Browns defense. And I know Brady's look, Brady's played well. He hasn't played great, but he's played well. And I think James White gets a lot of action in this one. James White should have had a touchdown in that Jets game, too. He got kind of clipped up there. So don't be surprised if James White has himself a day because that, that James White day is coming soon. And I think it's coming this weekend. Um, they did add some new. I don't know how much he'll integrate himself right away. But how do you feel about this 45 and a half? I'm kind of on the fence with it. I buy that the Browns have a good pass defense and, and the Patriots will run the ball and get whatever they want on the ground, but that means it's going to be a lower scoring game. 27-13, we win, right, with the under, so I'll take the under. I, I, I don't think it's going to be a 40-point game for the Patriots, so I certainly don't think the Browns are going to score. So if I think that the Browns secondary can do some decent things and limit, you know, no Josh Gordon, of course, I, I'll take the under. All right, this next one I think is cake. This is a gimme. Texans? Favored by a touchdown at home against the Raiders with Josh Jacobs banged up. I just don't think the Raiders can keep pace without Josh Jacobs. Even even a uh, a seventy five percent Josh Jacobs, they can't. They they need a hundred percent Josh Jacobs to get involved here. Um, and I know the Texans are a little Jekyll and Hyde. I get that, <clears throat> but to me, this is such. You saw what happened last week with Aaron Rodgers, and I don't want to be that like lazy person who goes, "Well, if that happened, then it's going to happen this week." But it's going to happen this week. Okay, it's going to because Deshaun Watson is a fantastic quarterback. And that secondary is not very good. And when you look at some of the wins the Raiders have against teams like the Bears, it's teams that aren't good at throwing the football. So the Texans don't have that problem. They are really good at throwing the football. So therefore, give me the Texans with the seven. This is like cake, man. I think this is a layup, this one. Total layup. And if you want to do a teaser, this is the game to tease. You can tease us down to one, give or take. Tyrell, Tyrell Williams may not play. Jacobs didn't practice on Wednesday. We talked about that. This is the Raiders' fifth consecutive game on the road. It's going to catch up with them. The brutal schedule. DeAndre Hopkins is going to have a game. Kenny still steps in for Will Fuller, no problem. They also got to cover Kiki Kuti. This is a blowout. It's a blowout early. I love the over. I love the points. I love this game for DFS. I agree with you. John Gruden's done an excellent job. He really has. Yes. The, he really has. Offensive line has been playing well. I agree with you. This is in the spot. It catches up with them. Last week, you were on that Raider game. Derek Carson throw the ball out of the end zone. There could be a different game entirely, but it could this be. Is- but you know, I'll take my lumps. I, I, you know, I was on. It was definitely in the in the zone for it. It was in that. It was in the sphere, but it just didn't happen because of that. Because of those two big moments. It was a couple of big moments that were car where it could have gone the other way. And the Raiders look. The Raiders are competitive, and the Raiders play. 
But I think this is another spot where, like you said, too many road games. I think they're outmatched, outgunned. And the fact that this is only seven is shocking to me. And what about the fact that they just traded Gary on Conley to the Texans? I mean, there's just there are too many storylines here that favor the Texans. Yeah. They need a big win. They're going to pound it. I think they, they roll in this game. All right. Kansas City Chiefs are home dogs to the Packers, which makes sense with Matt Moore. Uh, so the number is three and a half. Uh, here's the thing. Now, if this is in Green Bay, I'm good with this. On the road, eh, I kind of struggle a little bit because uh, although the Packers were dazzling last week, this is one of those things where I don't want to take too much out of what I saw last week and carry it over. Like Aaron Rodgers is going to throw for 400 yards every week. I don't see that happening. Therefore, I actually think this is a bit of a trap. I do think Green Bay will win, but I'm a little afraid of this line. I kind of run away from this game. Do you have a better feel for it than I do? Because I don't. I'm running towards this game. Give me the Chiefs plus the three and a half. Andy Reid, always great with extra time on a bye, has a fantastic record. We know that. Looked at Bet Labs, Matt Moore, 20 and 10 against the spread as a starter. Just want to throw that out there. Mahomes has not been ruled out yet for this game, Joe. Stranger things have happened. The defense for the Chiefs look much better against Denver. I know it's Denver, but nine sacks is still nine sacks. I'm not positive about the Green Bay offense. I think this is a knee-jerk reaction because Rodgers went bananas against the Raiders. That doesn't mean he's going to go bananas every single week. I don't think so. This is the same offense that almost lost at home to Denver, a Denver team that Kansas City just throttled last week. Chris Jones could be back. Frank Clark didn't practice, but he was great. I'm with Andy Reid, with time, with points, in Arrowhead, Sunday night football. I'm all in. Give me the Chiefs and the three and a half. And you know what? You basically just voiced all the concerns that were living in my head about this game. So <laughs> you bet you did. I like I have a it's one of those things where same thing, that knee-jerk reaction, like, okay, let's all of a sudden go over to the other side of this and let's think that Green Bay is so good. Well, I don't know if I'm ready to do that quite yet. And I feel like this is one of those games where people do that. They do the automatic easy analysis, and it's not always the case. And I have a lot of fears about this game. I'd have a ton if Mahomes was in, obviously it'd be a different line, it'd probably be flipped. But even so, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs have their back up against it. They need to win. All right, last but certainly not least, I have all kinds of feelings about this one too. Pittsburgh Steelers, Monday Night Football against the Dolphins. Now, look, the Dolphins are not very good. I get that, okay? But the Steelers are not great either. And Mason Rudolph, who it looks like he's going to play, does not scream a 14-point blowout to me. I'm sorry. I cannot get there. I just can't do it. 14 is huge. Uh, give me the Dolphins on this side of the game. Give me the 14. I just don't think they can put them away. And it's the same theory I had a couple weeks ago with the Chargers. That I didn't think they could put the, the, the Steelers away, and they couldn't. We're really at the point where we're giving 14 points to Mason Rudolph. We're really at that point right now. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he has a way of getting keeping the games close. They went into Buffalo, who's a really good defensive team, similar to Pittsburgh. And he was able to put some points up there. I absolutely love the points. I am not ready to give that many points with Mason Rudolph. I'm just not. It's crazy. How do you feel about the over-under, too? Because that's another one where I look at that. It's 44. So, I don't know. I, I don't feel nearly as strong about that as I do about this 14. The 14, I've got all the feels about. Give me all the feels about that one. So, where are you at with the 44? Yeah, 88% of the money is on the over. 63% of the bets is on the over. I'll stay with the over. I I know that the Steelers have a good run defense. They don't have a great pass defense, and that's where I think Fitzpatrick can do some things. Parker and Preston Williams are certainly reasonable. 
I think they'll be able to move the ball against the Dolphins. I'm going to take the over. I just I, I like the points here. I think both teams actually score. I think Fitzmagic is back for one night. Oh, the Fitzmagic would be back for one night. Wouldn't that be a storyline? That's for sure. All right. Another storyline, as always, is our upset special. So I'm going to go first, and I'm just going to stick with this because we just talked about it, and I'm going to hammer this again. The Dolphins with the 14. Gimme, gimme. I want it. Mason Rudolph is putting away. Mason Rudolph is leading the Pittsburgh Steelers offense to a blowout of the Dolphins. I get it. The Dolphins are bad. I get it. They don't have a win. But I think they're going to compete here. I really do. It's Monday Night Football. Don't ever, ever disregard a professional athlete's ability to show up in prime time, okay? Because sometimes, more often than not, they do. Just go back and look at Thursday to the Redskins defense. They showed up a little bit on those Minnesota Vikings. So give me the Dolphins here. I'm not saying the Dolphins are going to win, but give me the 14. That's your upset special for Joey P. Mike, what do you have this week? Gosh, there's a Rolodex of games I could spin. I'll spin it right <laughs> I'll, I like Carolina as well. I certainly like Kansas City. The one I'm going to go with is I'm going to go with the Eagles. I think the Eagles are ready to, to put the Bills here in a tough spot at home. They absolutely stuff the run, which means that the Bills are going to have to pass, and I do not trust Josh Allen. I think he turns the ball over. Carson Wentz gets things going. Very sneaky. Dallas Goddard has been an issue. So Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard are the most reliable guys there. So don't tell me about the secondary. I know Alshon Jeffrey, but they're going to go through the middle. They pound it with Jordan Howard. It makes no sense that this game is so low. They're almost begging you to take Buffalo. I'm going to go the other way. Like the Eagles, three road games in a row is concerning, but they've won it before. Like the Eagles to pull the upset in Buffalo here and get themselves back on track. They are better than what they showed against the Cowboys. All right, there you have it. So you can follow us on the Twitter machine at Joe Pisa PS17, at Randall Rant, and of course at Line Star NFL and Line Star app. Uh, please, please, if you enjoy the show, go give us a five star review because we're fun and we're entertaining and we win you money. And I don't know what much more you possibly need out of life than that. So make sure you uh, subscribe to the program and give us a five star review wherever you listen to your podcast that'll do it for us we'll be back again next week as always because that's what we do we hope uh, all your upsets hit again this week that would be nice a nice to go two for two we've had back-to-back weeks of uh 50 that's good not good enough let's get the double dip this week i feel good about it mike randall i really do so that'll do it for us we'll be back again next week it's time to break the huddle here on the pre-snap and there's nothing left to do now except set down win You've been listening to the Pre-Snap Podcast Weekly Wagering Show, brought to you by LineStar. Hit subscribe, drop a rating, tell a friend, and stay tuned for the next episode from wagering experts Joe Pizapia and Mike Randall.